0: Disclaimer, this episode contains cursing, strong opinions, and feelings that may not be shared by the masses at large. If these things aren't in your cup of tea, feel free to change the podcast to a different one. We won't be offended. Thank
1: you. Welcome. Hello, hello. How How are you?
0: I'm good. Yeah, it's a lovely sunny day maybe it is
1: actually it's warm where i am i mean and by warm i mean it is 40 degrees when the sun is out and it's glorious and so um yeah i'm warm
0: that's good it's good time are you ready to talk about some more buffy goodness
1: i am i'm we're about to talk about the episode i hate to love that you love to hate indeed yeah. yeah because before we start I... oh yeah, yeah. So I guess Go we on.
0: should say that this is she saved the world a lot yes a podcast and about all things Buffy
1: and amazing women and uh how it all applies to our world and our history and our entire social structures yeah um I am Sarah and I'm Sarah easy to remember
0: so true right so season one episode six
1: the pack yeah the pack this episode was like everything when I was 16 and uh watching it again is difficult for me because well one you know when you work in education high school bullying and stuff you um is so pervasive that it's and it's gotten, I think, a lot worse over the years. But I also had a uh, probably unhealthy infatuation with Xander, and when he turned kind of evil, it kind of made me uh, go a little bananas in my fifteen-year-old hormones. But <laughs> um, essentially, we this episode opens. This episode has such a great opening because we open at the zoo, which is very clearly the LA Zoo. Yeah. Um. Except it's the Sunnydale Zoo, but it's the LA Zoo because we've all been yeah. there. Well, we because go. again,
0: this like little town is big enough for a zoo. Yes, it is. And a bus station <laughs> and an airport. Yep. And eventually a college. Uh-huh. Soon we're gonna find out that there's you know a secret Olympic sized you know training area. Who the Truth. Hell knows This place is weird.
1: Yep. Um. And so, yeah, so we open at the zoo and uh, my notes just say pack of four beautiful people and Buffy are at the zoo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of whom is uh, like they all look vaguely familiar. Like they're all those actors that were in the teen movies of the 90s and they're just gorgeous and with piercing eyes and perfect skin. And two guys and two girls approach Buffy, and Buffy's, like, walking alone through the zoo, like, you know, looking at exhibits, like a school field trip. And one of them says, oh, look, it's Buffy and all her friends. And then they act like complete dicks for zero reason, right? Other than that they are complete dicks. Well, which it's just is-
0: establishing that yeah. they are, in fact, the pack of bullies. Right. You yeah. know, at Sunnydale.
1: And they are the bulliest bullies who ever did bully. Um, because they just, no. they just, like, go and pick on people throughout the entire scene at the zoo. Uh, right. Willow and Xander are super excited about the zebras mating. And then the pack of beautiful people goes and picks on the, uh, you know, quintessential nerd, right? Mm-hmm. And um, take him into the hyena house, which is closed and, um, you know, I like how
0: easily they're able to get into super easy. the oh, closed, it's closed. Yeah, pen it's, it's, due to quarantine. Yeah,
1: yeah. quarantining the animals um, and they, they, well, it's only closed because there's like one strip of caution tape. Right, And so they go into the hyena house, right? And all the bullies are, like, picking on, uh, like, Larry or whatever his name is. Lance. Lance. His name there is. we go. Lance. Poor Lance. And so they are, like, they try to, like, pretend to, like, well, they, like, fake throw him, like, try to throw him in the cage and whatever. And then, all of a sudden, as it turns out, the camera pans up, there is a giant, um like symbol on the floor and they the camera like goes to what is the fakest hyena like it looks like the hyena that they I'm pretty sure they used the same animal face that they used in an American werewolf in London because (laughs) it's so fake looking
0: it's a so, real bad hyena
1: it's a real bad hyena and the hyena's eyes ominously glow and the creepy ominous music starts and something comes over um oh wait but sorry before the 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 hyena glows xander and buffy and willow are like why are those four mean kids bringing lance into the hyena house and Xander's like oh because they're the bullies and he points out the bullies he's like every school has them I'll go take care of this Buffy I'm a strong man I'm gonna do something to impress you you don't we don't need your superpowers Buffy I can handle school bullies right Uh so Xander goes in to save poor Lance and he does actually because you know Xander's the nerd right he's the underdog and so This was where my teenage heart was just like, oh, like, look, see, he's 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 so he's defending the undefended. And, you know, anyway, so it goes into the hyena house and then the weird glowy thing happens. He like pulls Lance away and like Lance falls down and runs off because, you know, Xander saved him. And Xander's like, you guys suck. And they're like, oh, Xander being bullies. And then hyena eye glows. And all four kids, or all four of the beautiful bullies, get glowy-eyed, right? And <clears throat> clearly something has happened. And then uh Lance, or whatever, they turn, like Xander turns around, and even though his eyes don't glow, we are made to understand that Xander has also been possessed by whatever hyena spirit has gone on just now. That's and right. then we now, get did you credits.
0: Did you recognize the... uh one of the hot bullies because when I was watching this back for this I was like hey that's Pinocchio because one of the four beautiful bullies is the guy who played Pinocchio on Once Upon a Time
1: um yeah I think I looked him up because I did recognize him I didn't watch Once Upon a Time though
0: yeah he was Um, Pinocchio
1: and yes but he's been in other stuff. Like, he's in other things.
0: Yeah, um, he's been in lots of things. I think he was in that really good Christian Slater serial killer FBI movie. Was he in that one? No, he was in Center Stage.
1: That's what he was in. There we yeah. go. He was in Center oh, yeah. Stage.
0: No, he also was in the Christian Slater serial killer FBI movie that are really, like, Mind Hunters. Ah, uh. Yeah. yeah. But also Center Stage.
1: Yes, he was in Center Stage. That is where I remember him. Center Stage also great. We should um have like a side guest day we podcast totally can about that, that because I have so much to say about Center Stage. Um yeah.
0: All right, so credits are now Yes,
1: credits have rolled and we um are now like uh-oh xander's gotten possessed something bad has happened right and then we next open on the bronze of course because we're always at the bronze and as it turns out we are now having the buffy willow discussion about how willow is actually in big time huge love with xander Uh even though we've known it this whole time right in the first five episodes it's been very clear that willow has a thing for xander um, but
0: now it's explicitly stated. Yes. She is like
1: twitterpated, right? And Buffy is like, Yeah, you've got it really bad. You're you're obsessed. It's yeah. And so then Xander shows up and Xander's like very different. He's like late, he's you know, being kind of a dick and not in the normal, like obsessed with Buffy dickish way, just like distracted and um hungry right Douchey. douchey and um he eats Buffy's croissant without asking um and so so then the other beautiful bullies show up and they have like a tense moment of like looking across at each other and clearly something is going on yeah,
0: at this point, we don't know that they're actually possessed. We just know that something is fucking up.
1: Yeah, Xander's being very weird, mm-hmm. and um, I just gotta say, like, it was the, the ever—I can't even talk, like, thinking about it because his, like, they made Nicholas Brendan look so different in just his, like, they they did something to his outfits. They changed his hair a little bit. And they made him, like, he got way hotter in my book. And I was just like, this is bad, right? I think I knew even at the time, like, it's not good to like the guy that acts like a dick. It's not a good thing. It's a bad idea. (laughs) But for some reason. I think it's more of
0: just his swagger. Yeah. Like, he walked, like, more swaggery. Yeah, he definitely did. And full of himself, as opposed to when he's Xander, he's more, like, gangly and... Awkward. Like, those dogs who haven't gotten used to, like, walking with their big dog legs yet. Yeah.
1: Big paws. You know. Yeah. I think they did his eyebrows different, too, though. Because he had definitely has some, like, dark looks from underneath his eyelashes that are, you know.
0: They gave him some extra mascara. They gave
1: him some... They, the makeup artist did something subtle. And so then the bullies show up and act like dicks, right? Because they are dicks. And... Uh, fat shame. Somebody sitting at a table, and Xander laughs, and Buffy's like, "Uh, what's up with you?" And he's like, "Uh, the kid's fat," and that is just one of the many instances of fat shaming. Well, there were that many instances of fat shaming in Buffy. I think they did better in later seasons, but in the first season, there was like at least one fat shaming per episode. Which, come yeah. on, Hollywood, do better.
0: Or a comment that it was totally you know calling out someone for their body type as opposed to. Right you know, you're stupid.
1: Yeah. Um, Once again, Hollywood and the the society we live in really Mm -hmm. needs to get its shit together when it comes to uh, its fat phobia because it leads to a lot of, I was, um, I think it was Jamila Jamil's Instagram and she has that eye way just as a side note Mm -hmm. because I was looking at it and I was reading somewhere like, the beauty industry and the diet industry is like in the trillions of dollars. And I was just like, we could be spending that money on such better things, like sure. so many better things. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I just, it's not, you know, it's not cool. Uh, and then, uh, that's when will when Buffy realizes something might be kind of up with Xander. Cause he's not usually cruel. He's just creepy. <laughs> Um, uh, so then we cut to next scene at the school, right? Um, the school has a new, um, uh, mascot, like an actual living animal.
0: Yes. And as somebody who has always wanted a pet pig, I was super excited when the new Sunnydale mascot, little adorable Piggy Herbert shows up Mm -hmm. because he's adorable and cute and the little piglet of my dreams and I was so, so happy and I should have realized that the show was not going to fucking introduce an adorable, cute little piglet just for me to grow and love and become attached to over many seasons.
1: Mm (sighs) Um, yeah. Uh, So we are introduced to the new school mascot. Uh, Buffy is coming out of just absolutely demolishing Giles in a workout session because nobody uses the library at the high school. And therefore, Buffy can just have training sessions with Giles in the middle of the school day.
0: Right. Because we established that when Owen came in and actually wanted to borrow a book in Giles' Was all, confused what are you yeah. doing here young person yeah can i help you so go away so
1: buffy has a rigorous training session with giles because buffy has some like extra energy or whatever and then we're introduced to the adorable piglet uh herbert and he's sweet and buffy he gets loose and buffy catches him and then next we cut to another scene in the quad. Willow's trying to teach Xander geometry and Xander is acting like a complete asshole. So he's like, uh, why do I have to take math? Who cares? And like Willow's being her adorable self and just being like, Oh, because then, you know, and she does this like whole like long future. And then you'll be like at the pizza place asking what the cool kids are doing. And that's what your life will end up. If you don't pass math and don't graduate high school. Which is another trope yeah. about, you know, like, yes, you should definitely graduate high school. Like, we're not promoting don't graduate high school. But, like, demeaning people who work in the food service industry as failures for not graduating high school who, or who didn't graduate high school is not a cool thing. We need to stop doing that.
0: Um, Agreed. But I was so angry for Willow in, in this scene because of the shit way that Xander was treating her. Uh-huh. That it made me angry.
1: Yeah. Like, absolutely shit-tastic. And so, um, yeah, something's very clearly up with Xander. He's, you know, normally not out and out, like, an asshole. He throws the book in the trash. And then later, uh, you know, a few minutes later, the principal, because for some reason the principal, like, gives students just – like Buffy like random assignments for no reason because I guess Buffy's the only one that can hold the pig so she's holding the pig because the principal's trying to like get him back in his pen or whatever and Xander walks by and the pig goes bananas right squealing like it's scared something's very clearly wrong with Xander
0: uh um, obviously I think he smells like axe body spray oh and the God. pig does not like no
1: it. he does not um but again,
0: I mean, I feel like douchey Xander totally would smell like X-Body Spray.
1: He 100% spray. would. Having, having worked with many high schoolers over the years, the douchiest ones wear the most X-Body Spray. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, then we cut to gym class. The one and only time uh, any of the characters in Buffy are ever in gym class uh, doing anything remotely athletic so they of course are playing dodgeball uh because dodgeball is the great metaphor for the game in which bullies triumph yeah um i actually loved dodgeball as a kid which is weird because i was also bullied but i was good at dodgeball so i don't know what that was about but like i loved playing dodgeball like i was both good you know we played ours in a circle. We didn't play ours in a gym. Did you ever play dodgeball again?
0: Um, maybe in like middle school, but our high school didn't have a gym. It was destroyed, so we mostly just watched health videos and ran track.
1: Oh, that's right, because a lot of high school gyms were destroyed in the nineties because there was that big ass earthquake. Mm-hmm. Um. So, oh, that's. So, like, when I was little, anyway, side note, we played dodgeball in, like, a four-square circle where, like, the people on the circle were the ones throwing the balls and, like, the people in the circle just either dodged or caught the balls. And then, like, we switched out. I don't know. We played a weird way. But I liked dodgeball. But as the universal game for bullies, right, of course, Xander and all the bullies are on one team. And Buffy, Willow, and a bunch of other kids are on the other team. And, uh, there's a whole, you know, dodgeball scene and Xander hits Willow really hard with the ball. Obviously the bullies are playing like really hard and then he, uh, hits Willow with the ball and she gets all like annoyed and Willow's starting to get more and more like upset with how Xander's treating her. And then for some reason, all the bullies, like, Buffy's the only one left, because obviously Buffy's a superstar, um, superhero. And then all of the bullies, who happen to also have Lance the weakling on their team, turn and, like, all hit him with the ball, which makes no sense for several reasons. Like, one, I get the point that we're trying to, like, point out that the... uh, Bullies are very awful and clearly the worst, and they do a bunch of other bullying things, right? That we don't need to like necessarily talk about, but they just so Xander like is starting to hang out with this pack, right? And I get that, but it makes absolutely no sense that they would all just turn on their own team member.
0: Yeah, except because it you know showed just extra that they were super. Dude yeah, boy.
1: Praying on the Weak. There's like a scene in, like later where they steal a, some dude's hot dogs and like because they obviously are like needing meat, right? The the theme of the food is Xander can't eat like bread or like chips or anything. It's not satisfying because um they're possessed by rabid dogs. Um but considering so, so then Xander says, like, some super shitty thing about Willow's pasty face and not having to look at her anymore. And, like, it's awful. And my heart shattered into a million pieces. And, again, Allison Hannigan has the largest of large doe eyes that has ever existed on a human being. And her she's so heartbroken that, it, like, it's terrible. Um, yeah. But so Buffy has definitely figured out that something was wrong with Xander. He's hanging out with these bullies. They're acting like dicks. And then, the worst thing happens um, because they're all hungry. They go into the room where Herbert is being kept in a pen, and Aww. Sarah was shattered. My little, little piggy, piggy friend. friend, something very, very bad is going to happen to the little piggy friend. It's not good. It's no nope. he-
0: good. Goodbye,
1: Herbert. We barely, oh, he knew, barely you. knew you. Sweet face. Um, there is the obligatory slow motion shot of the pack now that we've understood that they have uh, banded together as a pack. They are walking in slow motion across campus, like basically like predators and prey. Oh my God,
0: it's the cheesiest. It's so scene. cheesy. So cheesy. Like, all it needed was Duran Duran's Hungry Like Mm -hmm. the Wolf to play behind it, you know, in a weird slowed-down version while Mm they, you know, stalk their teenage prey across campus. It's so cringe. We
1: have some. um, But Xander is so hot. I'm sorry. He's so hot. I don't want to admit it. I don't like to admit it. I hate to admit it, in fact. But he's so fucking hot. I can't. I'm just... My 15-year-old self, was. it was too much for her to take right and they did they put him in way better clothes they put him in like a hot like leather jacket and like a white t-shirt which is a good combination on anyone right white t-shirt black leather jacket works on literally everyone and everybody type and I encourage all people or like vegan leather if you're vegan pleather whatever but I encourage everybody to get one good black jacket and a white t-shirt it looks good on everyone
0: See, my young self was like God you are such a dick
1: so then we cut to <laughs> yeah we cut to Willow crying which is the worst thing that could ever happen to anybody because Allison Hannigan crying makes anyone cry um, she's that good and Buffy's mm. like something's up with him something's up with Xander And Willow's like, no, it's because he's finally decided that he's in love with you and he's never going to love me. And he's being mean to me and he's just smelling you a lot. And she's like, no. And Buffy's like, absolutely not. Something is wrong with Xander. Which, like, thank God for Buffy. And thank God for level-headed women across the world who are like, this behavior is not acceptable. Something is clearly wrong with him. We must solve this. (laughs)
0: <laughs> like, I love that she's the only person who is like, hey, all of a sudden, <laughs> he's completely <laughs> different. Something is up. Everybody else is like, oh, it's his hormones. Or, you know, he just, because he's attracted, is going to sniff you yeah. frequently. Like, no, none no, of that it's is...
1: No,
0: not okay. behavior. we
1: are further... The next scene, actually... I need to just take a minute to like center myself because it's possibly Giles's most disappointing scene ever.
0: Uh, agreed,
1: um, Giles. It's, in fact, I think supposed is to like Giles does one or two other sort of sketchy things, like down the like you know in other episodes, where you're like, oh, Giles, that was shitty. But this is hands down, like, when I watched this scene again, I was like, what the, what? What? Giles tells Buffy that Xander is acting this way because, oh no, heaven forbid, he's turned into a teenage boy. And then he says testosterone is the great equalizer. Boys get hormones, and they turn into dicks. He'll get over it. And Buffy is like, no not having this absolutely not and I and I was like thank you thank you Buffy like oh Buffy because imagine being a 16 year old girl again it's not hard for me or you to do that but constantly being told like when you point out problematic behavior in your peers in your male peers being told it's just because they're they're boys It's because of their testosterone. It's because their hormones. It's because... No! No! No. Absolutely not. It's also not because they're possessed by evil hyena spirits. (laughs) As a side note. But I will say, right, like, when some... When a teenage person comes to an adult person saying, Hey, a peer of mine male or female, honestly, but in this case, male is engaging in problematic behavior that is making me feel unsafe. It is the adult's responsibility 100% of the time to just believe that child on their word and then go through the proper channels of investigation, whether that's talking to a supervisor or talking to coworkers or whatever you need to do. But you, the adult, as per said, need to get your shit together and believe children when they come and say like, uh, this person is behaving in a way that is not acceptable. Uh, I agree. So then immediately Willow runs into the library and says, uh, Herbert's been eaten. And that's when Buffy turns to Giles and is like, oh, testosterone, huh? And Giles is like, I am appropriately chagrined. I shall get my books.
0: <laughs> I retract my previous statement. Something is actually yes. wrong.
1: So... Buffy figures out pretty quickly actually that it's been happening since the zoo and, uh, Giles finds monsters in his books that, um, are like whatever this, this spirit demon is. Right. And of course it's from Africa because that's where the African hyenas came from. And so, um, there's a little bit of racism in there that I'm a little concerned about that I'd just like to touch upon for a second. Um, yeah, just like to point that out, that like maybe we need to stop one Africa as a continent made up of many different countries, not all of which have hyenas. So that's a thing. Um, oh, and in the meantime, the pack got in trouble with the principal, but not the whole pack, just the four of them, just the four beautiful people. Yeah, because,
0: of course, poor Principal Flutie goes in to find that his sweet little piggy friend, Herbert, has been eaten and, you know, immediately suspects the uh, the four beautiful beautiful bullies. bullies.
1: Um, They've gotten in trouble before. So, uh, yes, we're researching. We realize that uh, they've all been possessed by a horrible demon or horrible animal spirit. And uh, what's going to happen if we don't solve the problem? Uh, all their heads are going to fall off or some shit. So Buffy goes to try and find Xander and the rest of them. She's mostly concerned about Xander. But um, she's like, okay, we got we to solve this problem and unspirit them and make the evil hyena spirit go back into the hyenas. Um, and next... The next scene is, will always be like a really important. And I shudder to say favorite, but I love this scene because it's important. And I'm going to tell you why. And I just told this to a friend who recently watched Buffy too. Because it's both upsetting and like really, really valuable. So Buffy goes to find Xander, right? And she goes into the room where the broken pig, uh, cage is, where they ate Mm -hmm. ate him. And all the bones are left, like the spinal column and shit. And so she's looking at the bones as though that's going to provide some sort of clue for where Xander is. I'm not sure why. But lo and behold, as it turns out, Xander's in the room. And um, then he becomes basically rapist Xander, right? And Buffy's like, I can take you in the most inappropriate way possible. Buffy like jumps on him and basically mounts him, which has never in the first five episodes been a way that Buffy has ever fought a foe. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And this scene is like intermittently cut with the four beautiful bullies um, attacking the principal. Um, And Xander has some of the, like, so here's why I love this scene. And again, love is a weird word to use. For anyone who's ever known anyone who's been sexually assaulted or has been sexually assaulted themselves. This is the most important juxtaposition of rape and murder that, like, when I, when I think about it I get kind of emotional because I'm like that was revolutionary for the 90s it's full of problems but like to have a friend assault a friend cut with four people committing actual violent murder is really really important messaging because Xander's saying things to Buffy like, I've waited so long and I've wanted you so much, and don't you know you want this too, right?
0: Oh, I must yeah. have my mouth well, so because, hard.
1: But because if you know, you know, and if you've worked with survivors of sexual assault, most sexual assaults are committed by somebody that the victim knows, right? Okay. And this is why there's been so much talk about it. But there's really, honestly, like the Me Too movement hasn't been around since the 90s, right? The Me Too movement is relatively new, right? But, like, this was 1997 when this episode aired, right? I'm pretty sure. 1997, 1998. And, like, every single time I watched this scene, I did not get it as a teenager. As a teenager, I was just like, oh, my God, like, you know, Xander's, got this hot new vibe but now he's like attacking Buffy and that's really uncomfortable but Buffy can take him she's safe because we all knew Buffy was safe right we all knew Buffy could take Xander and that it wasn't even a question even in his demon possession right like Buffy's taken down many vampires so Buffy's safe but the the fact that it's cut with that the, that such violent violent scene of like murder is like everything that every rape survivor wants you to know about about rape not being about sex at all right rape is about power Mm -hmm. and violence and wielding that power over somebody else because you feel entitled to it and so i just like and then the next scene is uh Buffy dragging an unconscious Xander into the library and actually saying something along the lines of, like, him, he got it on his, like, felony sexual assault, whatever. Like, she calls it out. She calls it what it is, which is what it was. Um, And, yeah. So that's why that scene is, like, terrible and also, like, super-duper important. And I'm, like... I think I'll always be grateful to Buffy for doing that at that time. So, yeah. Um, and then, uh, Giles comes in and is like, oh, Principal Flutie also has been eaten. And Xander's, unfortunately, Xander is unconscious in the cage that they have in the library, um, that nobody seems to have a problem with at all. Um, but yeah so uh, Willow's like wait Xander didn't eat Flutie he was like busy attacking Buffy and so um, it's yeah it's again some like levity in what is a strange series of events so Giles figures out how to untransfer the the spirit and whatnot right sorry I feel like I'm talking a lot because I got super yeah. emotional <sighs>
0: No, you're totally um, good. Uh,
1: so they decide to go to the zoo. Yeah, but
0: right? he does...
1: Oh, sorry, what were you going to say?
0: Right, well, he figures out, like, the basics of it, but he's not sure what the ritual actually entails. So he figures in <laughs> maybe we need to talk to the zookeeper who they always call like the warden or something really weird and not actually like, the zookeeper about you know where the hyenas came from specifically so he can try to you know figure out what the actual ritual was that caused
1: oh, right, Xander because there's, and the others to yeah, be all hyena so um, like the hyena handler was it? he does call him a weird name I can't remember what it is um Yeah. So they decide Buffy and Giles decide to leave Willow, whom Buffy knows is in love with Xander, alone with Xander in the library because you know he's locked in a cage. What could go wrong?
0: Uh, Right. So so much much is wrong.
1: As it turns out, so much. So uh, we are cut with a you know intermittent scene of the rest of the pack asleep on the ground in the woods and a woman walking at night with a baby in a baby backpack or whatever those things are called Bjorn baby Bjorn baby carrier baby carrier, okay. um, like happens upon them and they all sort of kind of like wake up and growl and drool like a pack of dogs and the woman with the baby runs off we're supposed to be given that moment of like uh oh are they gonna eat the baby are they gonna eat the lady and the baby oh no but then they don't. so we go back to the library and Willow Xander wakes up and starts talking to Willow. And he's like, something's wrong with me. Willow. Like I'm scared. And you know me best. And, And Willow's like, uh, he's like, if I'm so dangerous, how come they left you alone with me? And she's like, because I know you. And like, you know, and he's so basically Xander's like, you know, sweet talking her and, trying to get her to let him out of the cage. And when she gets close enough, he reaches out to try to grab her. And she is quick enough to get back, get away. And then Xander loses his absolute shit. Like, which is, again, some great acting on Nicholas Brennan's part because he goes from Mr. Sensitive, doughy-eyed, you know... Adorable to like psycho sexual predator in one second flat, and it is, um, yeah. Like he gives her, he gives. It's impressive. Impressive. He gives her the face and everything. Um, and so as it turns out, unfortunately, Willow is still in danger because Buffy and Giles are back talking to the hyena handler guy and the hyena handler guy is like oh yeah i know about uh these strange rituals and uh, and you know in the in the hyena guy's dark and yet part, extremely like fancy office he has like all of these african style you know tribal-esque artifact art pieces like pictures of all these african animals you know you can't see me using all the air quotes yeah, if that you, i'm using but i'm using a lot of air quotes <laughs> oh.
0: mm-hmm. if you weren't if you weren't already suspect like suspecting that this hyena zookeeper dude was bad news uh, his creepy office lair is a yeah. giant red flag that he is somehow involved with the hyena possession and the giant magic ritual circle that we saw in right. the opening scene. and
1: um, It's very much like, it looks like Indiana Jones style. Yeah, like but style evil. stuff, right? Yeah. Um, so he is telling them, like, uh, and Buffy and Giles are in no way suspicious, right? That this zookeeper right with an office full of artifacts and articles and pictures and all kinds of stuff is like oh yeah I think I've heard of this and actually I do have some books on like uh some some tribal rituals and Giles is like oh good that's so helpful like what the fuck and then he's yeah. yeah,
0: they don't suspect that this guy is like, oh, yeah, it's this ritual. And it was probably set in motion because of this predatory uh-huh. act that they did. And oh, you uh-huh. need this like red flag, buddy. Yeah. If he... I went to the L.A. Zoo today and was like, hey, you know, any zookeeper here, can you tell me about a weird hyena <laughs> demon possession ritual? They all <laughs> look me like I was total nutso.
1: Exactly. So in the course of Giles and Buffy being like, oh, yeah, this is normal. The hyena guy says, um, uh, because they're like, oh, yeah, we have one of the hyena-possessed people. We're just trying to find the others. He's like, oh, don't worry. The pack will come and find him. And then Giles and Buffy were like, maybe it was a mistake to leave Willow alone in the library with him. Um, So right then, you know, the other hyena-possessed beautiful people show up and – willow realizes what's going on and like runs off and they very very easily get xander like rip the metal bars of the caged area of the library which is a totally normal thing to have in high school again uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, off which is weird because later they use it to keep like oz the werewolf in there but He never manages to bust out. Um, Again, don't question. Don't question. So, (laughs) uh, yeah. So they go out to find Willow, and there's two very close shots of Xander sniffing the air because he knows exactly what Willow smells like. Because, again, creepy predator dudes are often smelling women as a cue to show that they are creepy predator dudes. Um, uh-huh. But just in the nick of time, so they do find Willow, and just in the nick of time, Buffy Buffy saves Willow, um, and she they're like trapped in the high school. They decide the plan is Giles and Willow are going to go get the magic stuff for the ritual. Buffy's going to make the hyenas chase her elsewhere. Yeah,
0: well, she's going to lure them back to the hyena, the hyena house. where the zoo, zoo right. Like, she wants to be baked. And not... It's going to help Giles do the reversal spell to unpossess (laughs) the possessed. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. Totally believable, and not at all suspicious. So,
1: Buffy, like, leads them on a chase-through town. They attack a, you know, white middle-class family in a Jeep where the parents are having an argument about some shit. Uh, But then Buffy's like, no, come chase me. And then they... uh, chase her to the hyena house where the ritual is set to be performed while Giles and Willow are gathering, um, the, the stuff and get to the, get to the hyena house. Now the hyena house has like flashing light caution signs on it, which I don't remember being in the beginning, but they might've had little like stands
0: well, maybe because, you know, people broke in the first time. Now they want to make it extra clear. Passagally. You're not supposed to go in. Um,
1: So they all end up back at the hyena house, of course, right? And like, just before Buffy gets back with the hyenas, Giles realizes, now that hyena dude is wearing the ceremonial garb and has his face painted in like it's oh my so god this is so problematic in so many ways i don't even know like i don't even like do we even draw attention to it it's just really i mean not the problematic part just do we even it's like describe? so it's so just imagine the most offensive no the warden is wearing the worst you can imagine thing. right like yeah like the the nfl fans version of you know, ancient tribal ceremonial garb, right? That's what we're working with here. And it is right. ugly. And
0: in, yeah, in theory, it is supposed to be authentic, you know, Maasai ritual attire.
1: It's a blue- girl. Girl knows? Room. It just, it's again- so it's, it's tragic. It really is, yeah. And Zookeeper Guy manages to somehow knock out Giles. Because Giles, like, figures out. He's like, oh, you have the garb. And, oh, you've painted the symbol, which, oh, had you have been here before? So, you, and then, like, right then, he's like, oh, you were trying to be possessed by the spirit guy because you're evil. And the guy was like, yeah, it was annoying. Yep. <laughs> and then the guy somehow, the guy but... hits Giles. I wrote in my notes, I was like, hits him in stick with in stomach with stick, knocks him out.
0: Okay, but let's be real. Getting hit and being knocked out is kind of Giles' grown-up superpower. Because if we keep a running tally of how many times... Giles is knocked unconscious by bad guys and or other sketchy folk throughout this series. Dude should have a serious traumatic brain injury right. by the end of season seven. Because he has so many concussions, right. it's not even funny. Um, so like, I'm, Giles I'm not surprised even that defend himself. You know, it makes like yeah. no
1: sense. Like Giles literally takes like one step away. And then the guy, like, hits him with a, like, ceremonial stick or whatever, literally in the stomach. And Giles, like, collapse.
0: You wax him with the magic whammy collapses. stick.
1: In Fine. the meantime, but just by the way, can we also point out the fact that in this, like, ritual room, there are tiki lamps?
0: But isn't it, it's not a ritual room. It's, like, literally the observation room no, for the hyena I know, but they the set it up to have, like, the ritual, right? but
1: they used... Tiki lamps from Oh, party yeah. City. No,
0: they went to... They went... Yeah, they went to parties. <laughs> I was just going to say. They went to Party City into, like, the luau section <laughs> and got some supplies and they were like, let's do White this. White
1: people are mad yeah. problematic. White Hollywood is mad problematic. This is why we're talking about it now. So that maybe someday <laughs> we can yeah. live in a world... Where it's not just, just fucking idiocy and like stupid blending of like I don't know what the culture is, so I'm just gonna mishmash it all together based on what I think it looks like, and who really cares about you know? And tiki, and tiki torches. torches look
0: cool because yep. I saw them in Indiana. It's, Jones. Just,
1: it's the Indiana Jones version of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Thanks. and so uh, they all run in and like. Willow gets captured by the guy, by the zookeeper guy, and realizes it's a trap. And uh, they all run in. And then zookeeper guy shouts in, you know, Maasai language, something, something. And the...
0: His spell that's supposed to pull the spirits from the possessed hyena teenagers Mm -hmm. into himself.
1: And... Um, so they do, they all get the green flash in their eye and then, uh, the zookeeper gets the green flash in his eye and growls and he has a knife to Willow's throat. Like he's going to eat her. And then, uh, Buffy, instead of Buffy saving her, like Buffy tries to save Willow and then Uh, Xander sees Willow in danger and in one single act of redemption for all of his shitty behavior in the entire episode, Xander jumps on the zookeeper guy and knocks him down to quote-unquote save Willow. And then uh, Buffy's very obvious stunt double where there's just like a full shot of of Sarah Michelle Gellar's stunt double's face. Center screen. Mm-hmm. Like, you're just, everybody watching TV that day was like, that's not Sarah Michelle Geller. What? Um, uh, launches Zookeeper into the hyena cage, wherein the hyenas immediately eat him because apparently nobody has studied actual hyena behavior.
0: <laughs> well, and we forgot to mention earlier that we established that hyenas are people eaters. Um, you know, in this weird Buffy verse, because after Principal Flutie calls the beautiful people into his office, right? they eat Principal True. Flutie too. So, I guess in this you know, by Principal yeah. Flutie, we barely knew yeah. ya.
1: And it's sad because he yeah. was trying to give Buffy a chance. He was an educator that was actually like, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt.
0: Yeah, he was awkward and not the Very, best, yeah. but he also no, wasn't Principal, Principal Snyder.
1: Snyder. We'll meet Principal Snyder later. Um yeah. but yeah, so hyena guy gets eaten by hyenas in, you know, a case of situational irony. And all is well and good. Mm-hmm. I supposedly the evil hyena spirits go back into the hyenas when they eat him. Um We're never really given any clarity on that, which is fine. No. Um, And then there's There's a a lot lot of non-follow through through in these episodes, and in some later seasons. But there's Mm -hmm. they do a better job in later seasons. (laughs) Um, So next scene. Now that Xander is back, Xander has been uh, returned to his former geeky xander self. Um, so we're back at school the next day. And they're, they're filling him in because Xander has no memory of anything he did as a hyena, which is extremely convenient. Rape double Convenient. Or I was drunk, I don't remember. Um, uh-huh. But, you know, we're pointing it out now. We're pointing it out now.
0: Well, plus, as we learn at the very, very he end, he does actually he does actually remember, and right. is just pretending to so, not yeah. remember to avoid exactly. being embarrassed in front um, of the ladies.
1: And mm-hmm. so they'd say he ate a pig, but you didn't, you didn't eat Principal Flutie, so that's good. Um, and Xander's like, yeah, I don't. The next thing I know, somebody's holding Willow, and and he, he had a knife. And Xander's like, oh, nobody messes with my willow. As though, like, that makes up for. Ugh. All but... of his
0: previous behavior. Yeah. And nope. then
1: he asks Buffy, did I do anything else embarrassing? And Buffy kindly, I don't even know if it's kindly, she, she decides not to tell him about the whole attempted felony sexual assault. Um and then yeah. Giles of course shows up to tell him um, I didn't read anything about memory loss and Xander's like uh, you didn't tell tell them that right and Giles in some toxic masculinity fucking secret keeping bullshit says your secret dies with me fuck that
0: is this a- yeah no it's bad and it's one, when um, Xander says, like, think, shoot me, stuff so. me, mount me. <laughs> That's his quote. Right. Which is a solid quote, but by this episode, I really did just want to, yeah. like, have Xander's head on a wall because he was being yeah, such sure. a colossal
1: dick. But, um... He, he... I... You know, the episode... At the end of the episode, the, the important thing to, like, take note of is at the end of the episode, basically all is forgiven, right? Like, Xander is completely absolved of Mm -hmm. all of his behavior because, you know, he was quote unquote possessed by a demon, which in the context of the show, on the one hand, you're like, you know, okay. Right. Supernatural powers. Like if you're possessed, you're possessed, but this is not like Linda Blair possessed, right? This is not like, you know, the exorcist type of shit. It's, you know, it's toxic masculinity embodied and used in, in in what is a hyena possession metaphor <laughs> uh
0: in the context of the larger world totally not okay and not okay to yeah. just be like oh when, it was fine when really what Giles and your hands have
1: said was uh don't you think that you should apologize to Buffy like if if Xander, if, if Flowers work. see, if we were to rewrite this episode today, I would not have Xander forget. I would have Xander pretend to forget, get called out on it, be like, I'm so ashamed. I don't know how to cope. And then have everyone around him be like, here's how you cope with your shame. You cope with your shame by acknowledging the thing that you did that was shameful and saying, I'm sorry, I did that. Right. I regret doing that. Mm-hmm. What I did caused pain, what I did cause suffering, and I wish I hadn't done it, right? And were there reasons why he did it? Yes, but reasons are not excuses, and you need to take responsibility for your fucking behavior. And that goes for everyone today, too, in this world. Yeah. So, in truth, Xander should come clean, say, I do remember what I did and I said, and I deeply regret it. And I'll do better. And he does get better over the next seven seasons, little by little, inch by microscopic fucking inch. <laughs>
0: yeah, it does mm-hmm. take a long ass time.
1: Um, He still does a lot of selfish things. But it does get better. Mm-hmm. So, should we take a break and talk about your uh your lady next?
0: All right, so since we talked about some shitty zookeepers, um, yeah, in that episode, I figured we should talk about some not shitty zookeepers.
1: All right, sounds good to me. All
0: right, so, yeah, since we love the history, I went back into the earlier days of the 20th century. You know, when you didn't have to have massive experience to become a zookeeper. And found the story of the first female zookeeper at the Bronx Zoo. Okay. Which I think is kind of cool. So Helen Martini, just a badass last name.
1: Kat
0: Right? Was living in the Bronx with her husband, who was a jeweler and had no, you know, young schoolboy dream of becoming a zookeeper or any previous experience taking care of large animals, any way, shape or form. But a job opened up and Helen was like, hey, honey, you should get a job at the zoo. So he applied and got a job as a zookeeper.
1: Wait, because so when, they, when when was this?
0: Oh, this sorry is in the nineteen thirties and forties.
1: Okay, yeah. Okay, so we're because, nineteen. I'm I've just, just got to set the scene to the movie in my mind. Yeah, it's in about nineteen forty ish. forty Bronx, mm-hmm. New York. Got it.
0: Right. Nobody has any
1: fucking stockings. No. <laughs> Because... uh,
0: The middle of World War II.
1: Yeah, fascism is happening in Europe, and it's bad. We're Mm -hmm. trying to stay out of it and keep America first. Gee, where have I heard that before? Okay. I've got it. The scene is
0: set. Yeah, so they loved animals. They had pets. She was like, honey, you should be a zookeeper. And so he applied and was put in charge of not the hyena house, but the lion house. Okay. And... Fred is a zookeeper for a few years. And then in 1942, they had a new little baby lion cub, which was okay. just adorable. And it's mom wouldn't take care of it. And so Fred, of course, thinks, who else is nurturing? I know my wife. And so he asked for her to help him take care of this adorable little baby lion cub.
1: Okay.
0: And so he brings it to their house, AKA their apartment in the Bronx.
1: Not at the zoo.
0: Not at the zoo. Resources. Mm-hmm.
1: Gotcha. Cool. Right. Obviously, the correct thing to do.
0: Right. So, what did the take zoo to have home. to
1: say about this? Nobody knows?
0: No, nobody knows. Okay. So, the zoo, um, so he takes the baby lion cub, whose mommy isn't taking care of it, to their house for Helen to take care of. And they had, you know, the zoo obviously has raised animals from infancy before. So they had, you know, what to feed them and feeding schedules and procedures and all of that. And because Helen is smart, she didn't decide to just, you know, buy us some Alpo and be like, here, kitty, kitty. Mm -hmm. She followed all of the zoo's procedures. The little tiny baby lion cub that she raises in her house starts doing amazing before it was like failing to thrive and after two months the lion cub is doing so well and had, had gotten big enough that he was able to go back to the zoo
1: okay
0: And right. helen i'm sure felt kind of awesome that she you know raised the baby lion fred scored one for the you know the lion cage at the zoo and then two years later female tiger has babies and does the same thing right okay. care for them they're stuck with three more baby cubs and they remember Helen's success with the aforementioned little lion cub. So they say, hey, Helen, I know we've never actually successfully raised any baby tigers. But do you want to try to raise these baby tigers for us? Because their mom will take care of them. Okay. And Helen says, sure. Why the fuck not? So she takes three baby tiger cubs back to her house. And again, because the zoo had never raised tiger cubs, this time she didn't have anything to follow. So she went off and just researched the shit out of how to take care of baby tiger cubs, which is a lot harder in 1944 than it was in, you know, 2021, when we can Google search how to care for an infant tiger (laughs) and, you know, we'll get a lot of responses.
1: Yeah. So
0: she used her... Her knowledge of what she went the lion and all of the research she found and was able to figure out what they needed. Um, so she started feeding them evaporated milk and water, and then chopped meat and bone meal, which I think sounds disgusting, but sure. apparently little baby tigers dig it the most.
1: I imagine it probably has like a lot of calcium, right? Like bone. I imagine bone meal is like the ground up bones. Right.
0: Yeah, I think it's just, I uh, yeah, maybe who knows? Probably.
1: Yeah. I mean, I Jim. I guess that makes sense. Sure. Former. Yeah. I I'm not so sure about the whole tiger three tiger situation in a Bronx apartment, but you know, it was a different time. It was the forties. Right. We're in the middle of a war, actually. Probably. Fucking half. This of is York, almost to the end. Half of yeah of New York was empty. Oh, 19, Yeah. Okay. So.
0: yeah, the, uh, the end of forty-four.
1: Okay so we're almost we're almost out of it, oh, yeah, so we really are depleted in resources, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> must have been fun, right, um, so
0: there's this badass picture of Helen in her apartment, okay, where you know you know those pictures of people on instagram where they're like look at my babies uh-huh. and it's like them and like adorable little kittens and you know like baby kittens fit in the palm of your hands. right like my friend yeah. just posted a picture of herself with these three little baby kittens that she found abandoned in a box That's- and all three of them fit on i know so fucked up all three of them fit on her chest and speaking of you know crowdsourcing information she was like anyone knows how to take care of you know, new baby kittens, like let me know. Yeah. Um, there's this picture of Helen and she's got three baby tigers in her fucking lap. So she's holding one. Where like can he's...
1: we find these? Pictures? Oh, we will put them
0: on Instagram, hundred okay. percent. Yes. Cause it's amazing. Like one is like leaning over, one's trying to climb up on her lap. I mean, it's ridiculous, right? They're tigers. They're the size at this point the size of Almost medium-sized dogs. And she's like, these are babies. Okay, I'm Googling Um, right now. So she takes care of these ones. She does an awesome job. Same as she with the lion cub. And the zoo is like, fuck, we need to hire this chick because she's pretty solid. So they hired her as a zookeeper. And she became, in 1945, the Bronx Zoo's first female zookeeper. And she's responsible for starting the nursery at the zoo, so they actually had a place at the zoo to take care of these animals as opposed to her Makes bringing them sense. back to her apartment.
1: Sure,
0: right. So she turned a room into a place for the animals that were born whose you know parents were refusing to care for them or whose parents couldn't care for them for whatever reason. And so she you know took um took over the nursery, took care of that. She still would, even after she became an official zookeeper and made a nursery, Mm -hmm. um, if she felt like it was necessary for the animals to get more attention, she would still bring them back to her house. Uh And um, over the years before she left the zoo in 1960, she brought home, in addition to the initial lion and tigers, baby gorillas. A deer, an antelope, and some skunks to their apartment to raise and support as babies.
1: I see. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm down yeah. for the baby gorillas, thank you. Um right. because those are just actually like baby people, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, every single so, like, day, I don't want a
0: deer in my apartment.
1: No, I no, don't no. even really love the deer in my yard. I mean, the deer in my yard when they come in my yard, which is fairly frequently because I live in the mountains, um, mm-hmm. like they're cute and all, but actually they kind of like fuck up a lot of stuff. And when I have plants in the summer that I want to eat, like tomatoes and, you know, an actual garden, deer are like the worst things in the world. Exactly. And all of a sudden you go from like, oh Bambi's the best, to like being like, I will actually shoot Bambi's mom if she doesn't get off my lawn.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Um,
1: so yeah.
0: This so, so how deer, like I all kinds. Okay.
1: The yeah. deer the deer thing is for sure. I'd be like, uh-uh, I'd rather have three baby tigers in my apartment than one deer. Uh-uh.
0: Right. For sure. So she actually raised over the years again. She was at the zoo for about 15 years Uh and she raised a total of 27 tigers from baby cubs over those 15 years which is pretty fucking impressive and again so she was their first female zookeeper and you know you know they only hired her because she had that mothering instinct that her husband was like my wife could take care of this lion cub baby tigers baby
1: humans same
0: Right. But it was really the fact that when given a situation like, holy fuck, I have three tigers, you know, she went out and researched and figured shit out and, you know, did trial and error and found things that worked. And that's kind of badass.
1: (laughs) That's super badass. Well, I'm so glad that you found this story of Helen Martini. Martini is the best name. Like, that's awesome. Helen Martini.
0: Right. Yeah. In addition to her, the other zookeeper that I feel like we should shout out, just because um, she was kind of rad, is um, her name is Mary J. Wilson.
1: Mary J. Wilson. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. From who? From the Maryland Zoo, and she was hired at the Maryland Zoo in the nineteen sixties. Okay. And she became the first black senior zookeeper at the Maryland Zoo. Nice. And like Helen, was also specializing in the care of big cats, but she also specialized in the care of gorillas and elephants. Nice. Which is kind of cool. Aww. And when she got hired, she didn't really know anything about the animals. Um, the guy who hired her said her her qualification was her quote willingness to work hard and love of animals.
1: Oh my God! There's Which, a New York Times article that I just found on Google that is like already making me cry. Sorry about
0: Mary Wilson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she actually just um, she just passed away
1: about a year ago? Yeah, the articles from, sorry, the article I just Googled is from, said she passed in May, in June. In June 2020. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Or no, well, Wikipedia says May 2020. Anyway, she had COVID. Yeah. She did. Oh my god. Fuck COVID. Sorry, just...
0: Yeah, but apparently she had an awesome way with animals and, you know, they responded to her in crazy ways, like they would see them and be like, oh shit, it's her, I gotta behave, which I think is kind of rad. Wow. And um, I think that is amazing. She had um, a baby, she had a daughter, an actual daughter, Mm -hmm. and then she adopted basically this gorilla of course, and because why not? The, M- Mary Wilson's daughter basically says that her she has a sister, but her sister was a gorilla. <laughs> yeah, this is the best. And later on, um, her adopted gorilla daughter, like, she married her off to another gorilla. <laughs> so she had like, a gorilla wedding for her. This and is the best I I've never heard in my life. I love that story so I'm much in a gorilla yeah
1: in a tuxedo and another gorilla in a wedding dress and i can't even handle how adorable that is
0: this one yeah. is amazing and i love and my favorite quote about her is um somebody that she worked with said uh, quote mary changed how i viewed gender roles in zoos when i got into zoos it was all men but mary showed us how to have a firm approach while taking a soft hand in her management." And he said he took Hughes from her and rebuilt the elephant program into a staff of mostly women.
1: That's awesome.
0: So props to you, Mary J. Wilson. That is bad. Bad.
1: Mary J. Wilson. um, I don't know. Like, I'm skimming this New York Times article. I'm going to read the whole thing when I'm not, like, also trying to talk to you about her. Um, I don't know if you read. Okay, yeah, I got
0: mine from the Washington Post. this New York
1: Times article um is like twisting up my heart the it said the the beginning, the opening is from June second twenty twenty. It's by John Leland, anyone who wants to look it up. um, the first line is. There was the time about 25 years ago when a bat flew into Mary J. Wilson's home in Baltimore. Picture the scene pandemonium. Miss Wilson calmly raised an arm, snatched the bat in mid flight, and tossed it back outside.
0: <laughs> oh my God, I read that one too. Yes, that's I love amazing.
1: Her. Oh my gosh.
0: Yes, yeah, so we will on our Instagram, which is she saved the world a lot, pod. Mm-hmm. Follow us, please. Uh, we will put up. A picture of badass, awesome Mary Wilson with a cheetah. And uh, we'll, we'll put a picture of Helen Martini with her lap full of tiger oh cubs. God, I can't
1: handle it. And links because links in all our, yeah. And
0: we will link to both of these. So until next time again, check us out on Instagram at she saved the world a lot pod. We'll be coming out soon with a blog where we'll have more information on all of these kick-ass women that we talk about in links to their resources and the things that they've done. And if you want to talk about any awesome women or think that there's somebody that fits a specific Buffy episode, you can go ahead and email those suggestions to us at she saved the world a lot podcast at gmail.com. Yes. And until next week, until next
1: week, next week, when we talk about angel,
0: next week, right. so, so until then is... stay good, stay safe, yes. play all day
1: Watch Buffy. and we'll see you next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Mm-hmm.